Thank you so much. You may be seated. It's such a privilege for me to be here at West Coast Baptist College. I appreciate the invitation and the opportunity to speak to you. Thank you so much for that wonderful special. What a great reminder that He is our God, and He is still here, and He is ever, ever faithful. Well, if I could tell you, I envy you just a little bit. Um, the opportunity that you have at this stage in your life to be um, educated and to be around men of God and women of God that love you and love the Lord. And uh, I am a lifetime student, and uh, if I had the opportunity, I would never work a day in my life. I would just go to school and study, but my wife expects me to earn a living and provide for our family, and uh, so I have to do that. But uh, man, if I could be in school um, like this and have this opportunity um, what a thrill it would be. So let me encourage you, take advantage right now of every opportunity you have to learn and to grow and to sharpen one another as you are in class together, as you in, um, study together, as you're in collegiate activities together and all that. Just invest in each other's lives and then take all that you can from men like Pastor Shetler and Brother Chapel and others that are investing in your life at, at this time. If you would, take your Bibles to the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. I understand that this is finals week, and so I hope that you'll put all that stuff aside and, and uh, focus on the time that we have together here just for a few moments. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 2. As you look around our society today and you turn on any news broadcast, you'll realize very quickly there's a lot of noise uh, in really every area of our life, particularly when it comes to the political arena. And some of the things that you hear, no matter who you listen to, no matter what um, group is speaking, is that there needs to be change. And, and every one of us must do our part to change the world and, and to make a difference. And when I hear people say things like that, I think to myself, the truth is, I want to make a difference, and I believe that there needs to be change in this world. But I also know that the only thing that is going to make a, a true difference in this world and really make lasting change is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that will make a difference in the lives of people here in this world, but also for eternity. As I think about that, I'm amazed that God's plan is that you and I have the wonderful opportunity to, to preach the gospel. God could have really designed any plan, any way that he wanted to take the gospel to this world, but he has chosen that you and I would be the ones that preach his good message. In Romans chapter 10, verse 13, the Bible tells us, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But the Bible goes on to say, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher. God has commanded each of us to preach the gospel. In Matthew chapter 28, we have the Great Commission where we're told to go and make disciples and baptizing them and teaching them to observe all things. In Mark chapter 16, we're told to go and preach the gospel to every creature. In Acts chapter 1, we're told that we shall receive power and then we will be His witnesses. And we're to be His witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the other most parts of the world. Think about that for just a moment. God has called us to be the ones to make such a great difference in this world. This is God's expectation. It's His command for our life. It is our responsibility. But I want you to understand this morning that it is also our great 
privilege. And you know, as I think about that, I want to do the best I can. I want to do the best that I can with the task that God has given me. And when I think about that, I think about the Apostle Paul. And in him, we find such a great example of a man that impacted his world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. In Acts chapter 16, through the leading of the Holy Spirit, he finds himself going to Macedonia. Eventually, he comes to Philippi, that chief city, and he goes in and he preaches the gospel. People are saved and he gets persecuted. Eventually, he finds himself in jail and through a miraculous working of God, he's released and then he has to, to move on. And in Acts chapter 17, we find him in Thessalonica. The Bible says, Now when they had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where was a synagogue of the Jews. And I want you to listen to these words. And, and Paul, as his manner was, went in unto them, and three Sabbath days reasoned with them out of the Scriptures, opening and alleging that Christ must needs have suffered and risen again from the dead, and that this Jesus whom I preach unto you is Christ. And some of them believed and consorted with Paul and Silas, and of the devout Greeks a great multitude, and of the chief women not a few. But the Jews which believed not moved with envy and took unto them certain lewd fellows of the baser sword and gathered a company and set all the city on an uproar and assaulted the house of Jason and sought to bring them out to the people. Paul makes his way to Philippi and is, preaches the gospel as his manner was. And he's persecuted and leaves that city and finds himself in Thessalonica. And in chapter 17 of the book of Acts, the Bible tells us that as his manner was, he goes in and he goes to the synagogue. He preaches the gospel to them, telling them about the death and burial of Jesus Christ and that he suffered for their sins. And then what happens is he's persecuted. He's out of the synagogue and he, he goes out to preach the gospel. And people begin to get saved. And there's a church that is started. There's a church that is started and those in the community begin to move, be moved with envy and they again begin to persecute Paul and he's ultimately pushed out of Thessalonica. But even though Paul was gone, this church began to flourish. And as you read 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, you realize very quickly that this was a faithful church to God. It was a young church. It was a vibrant church. It was a church that was excited about the gospel of Jesus Christ and reaching people. And, and we're told that this church became a model church for all of those in that region and really all churches throughout history. This was a church that preached the gospel and we see great spiritual fruit. And, and, and this was a church that stayed faithful to God. All this happened because Paul wanted to impact his world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul wanted to make a difference. Paul, though he was not there with them, he had such a heart to see them discipled. And so now in 1 Thessalonians, we see him writing back to this church to encourage them. And he's going to pour out his heart. And he's going to remind them of some things that I believe helped him make an impact in Philippi and Thessalonica and literally any place that he found himself. And I believe if we can get a hold of these same traits in our life, whether God calls you to the mission field, he calls you to a church here in this country, calls you to be a Christian school teacher, wherever he places you, you can make an impact you can truly make a difference in this world. 
Father, we thank You for Your Word. And Lord, I pray now as we come to this passage of Scripture and we examine, Lord, the life of the Apostle Paul through his own words. I pray that we would see the traits in his life that, Lord, allowed him to be used so gloriously by You to see people saved and churches started. And I pray that each person here in this room, each person that hears this message, that looks at this passage of Scripture, would have, have that same desire and would examine their own lives. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you look with me at 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, Paul begins to pour out his heart to this church. There were false teachers that had crept in and they were trying to diminish the, the ministry of the Apostle Paul. And so he's, he's writing back literally to defend himself, but he's, reminding, he's also reminding this church of why he did what he did and how he was able to do what he did. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, the Bible says, For yourselves, brethren, know our entrance in unto you, that it was not in vain, but even after that we had suffered before and were shamefully entreated, as ye know, at Philippi, we were bold in our God to speak unto you the gospel of God with much contention. As we examine the life of the Apostle Paul, I want you to understand, impacting this world does not start with, with the things that you do. And, and listen, it, it doesn't start with the talent that you have. And I, I'm so grateful for, for men and women that, are, that have talents and abilities, and I'm so grateful for the gifts that God ha, has blessed you with. But listen, the truth is, there are a lot of people that have sat right where you're sitting that had great talent, but they're doing nothing for God. They had great abilities, they had great charisma, but they're doing nothing for God because it was all focused on the external activities of what they were, what they were doing. And as Paul is writing back to this church, he, he reminds them that it all starts not with what you do, but who you are. And really the important things of what you do must first come from who you are in Jesus Christ. And so the first point we see in verses 1 and 2 here in 1 Thessalonians Chapter 2 is Paul reminds them of his faithfulness. Paul reminds him of his faithfulness. You know, faithfulness can overcome a lot, of, a lot of struggles, a lot of trials, a lot of deficiencies in our life. Paul tells them, listen, you knew that we were persecuted in Philippi. We were, we were beaten. We were in prison. And, and yet we still came to you. And, and everywhere you go, you see Paul in his life going and preaching the gospel and being hated by those that hate Christ and hate the gospel. And, and he's persecuted and, and, and attacked and left for dead so many times. But yet he gets up and he continues on. And he says, you saw and you heard and you know that we, we went through all of that in Philippi. And yet when we came to Thessalonica, what was our first priority? Preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. The truth is, is we're all going to go through trials and difficulties. We're all going to have hardships in life. And when we seek to live godly, we're going to have persecution. And the world is attacking the church more and more, and it's not going to slow down. And God has called us, no matter what happens, to be faithful. I grew up in a single parent home. When I was 16 years old, my mom and I moved from Chicago, Illinois, to Water Valley, Mississippi. I tell people when I say that, that it is as bad as it sounds, okay? And so I grew up, and I grew up in Chicago. I took a city bus to high school. 
I lived with millions of people all around me. And then my mom tells me one day, we're going to move to Water Valley, Mississippi. I barely knew where Mississippi was, let alone Water Valley. And a town of less than 2,000 people. And I was the most miserable teenager you could ever imagine. We moved to Water Valley in March. In April, I met a man by the name of Shane Lewis. Shane led me to the Lord. And I praise the Lord for that. A few months later, my mom, my biological mom, went to prison. And I was left by myself, really had no idea what I was going to do. And, and Shane's dad was the, the pastor of our church. And, and the family all called me in one day after this happened. And, and they said, we want to bring you into our family. And, we, and so they adopted me. And Shane not only led me to the Lord and was my youth pastor, but now became my, my legal brother. This last, a couple years ago, Shane, who was a pastor in Somerville, Alabama, faithful to the Lord, loved him. I think he's preached here. And um, a few years ago, we got the news that he was diagnosed with leukemia. He began the battle, that, that disease, and he was in remission, and it came back, and he wound up getting a, blood, um, a bone marrow transplant, and the disease came back. And this last summer, God saw fit to take his life. Here was a man who, who led me to the Lord. He actually introduced me to my wife, who was a member of his church at the time. We met. He's been a faithful preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And all throughout this cancer, Shane was leading people to Christ in the hospital. Nurses and doctors would attend his church, and he would have every opportunity that he had, he would take to preach the gospel. Faithfully sharing the gospel, and living it forth. And you say, God, why? Why are you allowing this man who loves you and serves you, why are you allowing, to, why are you allowing him to, to have cancer? He could have questioned that. And, and no doubt, maybe somewhere in the night by himself, maybe he did question that between him and God, but publicly you would have never known that. I, I constantly saw an example of somebody that was faithful. Today his kids serve the Lord, and I believe it's because they saw the faithfulness of his dad, of their dad. This last year, the Lord took them. And, and sometimes, you know, it's easy to say, why, God? But the truth is, is the just and the unjust go through the same trials. And we have to deal with the same consequences of sin, just like the lost world around us. And we're all going to go through those difficult circumstances and the difficult trials of life. And, and, and understand, I don't know what your background is and, and, and what you grew up with. And I don't understand that, uh, what you're going to go through in life in the future. But as we heard just a few moments ago by song, He is God. Amen. And He is still here and He is with us. And He has called us to go and preach the gospel and, and to be faithful. Paul went through so many terrible things in his life. And yet... He stayed faithful. And he reminds this church, you know, 1 Corinthians, Paul wrote in chapter 4, let a man so account of us as ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Paul understood that God had called him to be a minister of the gospel. God had entrusted him with this ministry of reaching people and, and making a difference in this world. And he goes on to say, moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Would you commit today in your life, no matter what comes, no matter what difficulties, no matter what trials, would you commit to being faithful? 
Maybe you're here today and and maybe this is your first year in college and you're wondering if you're going to come back. Listen, stick to it. Be be faithful. God has called you to be a a minister of the gospel and God has called you to to serve him. And he's placed you here in this place at this time of your life. and, and, And no matter what's going on, stick with it. Stay faithful. He goes on here in this passage We see in verse 2, but even after that we had suffered before we were shamefully entreated. As you know at Philippi, our second point is, he says, we were bold in our God to speak unto you the gospel of God with much contention. Paul says not only were we faithful despite all of the trials and all of the difficulties that we went through in our life, Paul says we are bold in our faith. We're bold in our in our witness. And, and it's, it's obvious to see when we look around the world, people are compassionate about different aspects of life and different causes that they have. And listen, they're bold to speak out today. Listen, there are people out there today that hate the church and hate the gospel and they are bold and they are proclaiming their, their desire to shut the church down. Where we live in Indiana, it is a very, very conservative state. And I praise the Lord for that. And we're, we're most of our legislators are Republican, but I live in, a, in an area that we have a Democrat senator. And she has made it very clear that her desire is to shut our Christian school down. In Indiana, we have school choice programs. And uh, we praise the Lord for that. They have a voucher program so people can get vouchers to send their kids to, to Christian schools. And she is vehemently against that. And she wants to do everything she can to shut the church down and shut the Christian schools down. And listen, that is happening all over the world today. And people are very bold against the church, against the gospel of Jesus Christ, against the things that we stand for. And so often Christians find themselves cowering. Well, I don't want to be too bold. I don't want to offend people. That's interesting. A few weeks ago I preached about persecution in the world Today And if you're bold for your faith and bold with the gospel, you're going to be persecuted. I truly believe that based on, on the word of God. But I was preaching about how the world persecutes Christians and comes against that. And I had a, a young lady in our church, and she's uh, a working lady and um, just out of college. And she came up to me and she says, you know, I don't really understand. I have a lot of lost friends and colleagues in, in this world and in my life, and they never persecute me. They like that we get along just great and, and everything is you know smooth and, and all of that. And I asked her, I said, well, when's the last time you shared with them the gospel? Or when's the last time that you told them that they were a sinner in need of a savior? I said, because that's when the conversations change. That's when the attitudes change. I have a lot of acquaintances in our community that, that like me and we get along great and they're happy to be around me until I tell them that they are sinners on their way to hell and that Jesus Christ is the only way of salvation. Now then their, their reactions towards me and their attitudes towards me totally changes. Well, we're happy to have you here, but don't, don't be preaching. Don't be preaching at us. And so what happens is we say, well, we don't really want to offend. We don't want to be seen as too aggressive. Listen, Paul went to the synagogue, the place that preached Judaism and that was opposite literally of Christianity at that that time, and he preached the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when they kicked him out of there, what did he do? He found somewhere else to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. When he was kicked, when he was placed in prison, what did he do? He preached the gospel of Jesus Christ. Nothing was going to stop him. Nothing was going to, to keep him from being bold for the gospel for his 
for his faith. Can I ask you, when's the last time you stepped out with, with boldness? You know, we live in this day of COVID and, and you got people on all different sides of the, of the issues. And should I take the vaccine? Should I not take the vaccine? And, and people are bold. And listen, they're all over Facebook and they're putting it out there and, and all of that type of stuff. And they, they want to change your mind and, and to tell you their opinion about that. And listen, they're bold. And they're bold about, and literally, can I tell you, they're bold about something they really don't even know what they're talking about, many of them. They don't know the results. They don't know what's going to happen. But yet they have their opinion and they want everybody to know it and everybody to follow along with them. And we have the truth of the Word of God. We have the message that is going to change and can change the world. can change lives. Paul says we were bold when we came to Thessalonica. We were bold when the persecution came. We were bold for our God. Number three, we see here in verse four, if you look with me there, verse three, he says, for our exhortation was not of deceit nor of uncleanness nor in guile, but as we were allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel. Again, he's reminding us of our responsibility to preach the gospel. Even so we speak, not as pleasing men, but God, which trieth our hearts. Paul not only was faithful and bold, but Paul lived to please God. Paul lived to please God. Can I ask you, what are you living for today? Is it to please men or is it to please yourself or to please your flesh? Paul made a difference in this city and everywhere he went because his, his sole desire was to please God with his life. In this social media world that we live in, can I, can I tell you this? It's okay it's okay if people don't like you. And I understand we all want to be liked. We all want people to, to be our friends. We, we like to hear good things about ourselves. We don't like to, to be attacked. We don't like people to say bad things about us. But it's okay for people not to like you. And if you get your self-gratification and self-esteem from how many likes you have on your social media posts, I'd say Facebook, but you're, you know, I'm, I'm still... I view myself as young, but I'm older generation, right? Um, but whatever your social media platform is, if, if how many likes you get or how many friends you have or followers you have is what gives you self-esteem, listen, your mindset is all out of whack. It's all wrong. Paul was living to please God. And not only is it okay for people not to like you, but it should be expected in your life. Do me a favor sometime. You say, well, everybody likes me. Do me a favor Go on your social media platform and tell people, I am a Christian. I believe the word of God. I believe that all men are sinners. I believe the only way to have forgiveness of sin is through Jesus Christ. If you have a wide variety of friends that are lost and unbelievers, see how long it takes before you to get attacked. See how long it takes for you not to be liked by many of those followers. God did not call us to fit in in this world. God, God, God did not call us to go with the status quo. He didn't call us to be liked. God called us to make a difference in this world. And the only way we're going to truly make a difference is if we live our lives to please Him. Galatians chapter 1, verse 10, Paul says, For do I now persuade men or God? 
Or do I seek to please men? For if I yet pleased men, I should not be the servant of Christ. That's a question that we should ask ourselves as Christians. Are we living now to please God or are we living to please men? When I find myself in a situation, do I, do I cower because I want the approval of men or am I bold in my faith because I want to please my God and faithfully preach the gospel and be a testimony for him? Paul's writing back to this church, reminding them, listen, you know I was faithful despite the circumstances of life. Paul believed the gospel would make such a great difference, he boldly proclaimed it. And he lived to please God. The, the opinions of men were not going to persuade him to stop doing what he was doing. The torture of men was not going to stop him from doing what he was called to do. And then in verses number seven, verse 7 and 8, we see number 4, as Paul writes about his character, he says there, But we were gentle among you, even as a nurse cherisheth her children. So being affectionately desirous of you, we were willing to have imparted unto you, not the gospel of God only, but also our own souls, because ye were dear unto us. Paul, number 4, we see, cared. Paul cared about People. Serving God is not about position. It's not about power. It's not about prestige. I'll be very honest with you. Serving God is hard. Serving God, serving God is, is messy. To truly make a difference in somebody's life is going to have to start with you caring more about them than you do yourself. See, we live in, in a world that, that sets up different standards. We call it upper class, middle class, poverty, and where people are is how we view them. And unfortunately, in, in men's philosophy, it's, it's how much we care about them. But God has called us to love him first and to love others. And that's what you see in Paul's life. He loved God and he cared about people. And it was seen in what he did in his life and where he went and who he ministered to. Paul in this passage tells them, listen, we were willing to give not only our message, but we were willing to give, our, to give ourselves. You know, it's easy to serve people that give us recognition. It's easy to serve people that that we believe are going to serve us back. It's easy to serve if we believe that there's an advantage for us. So I'll help you because you're going to be able to help me maybe in a, in a greater way. It's different when we serve people because we care. I want you to understand there are people all around you every day as you go out into this world that are dying without Jesus Christ. 
sometimes I wonder how much we care. A lot of our churches, we've become insulated. If you come to our church, then we'll minister to you, right? Because then you're a member, maybe you'll give. If you come here, we'll, we'll minister to you. Instead of saying, listen, we care so much about the community that we're in and we care so much about the people that are lost in their sin, we're going to get out of these walls, we're going to get out of this building, and we're going to get off into our community. And we're going to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're going to give our time. We're going to give our resources. We're going to use our talents and abilities. We're going to sacrifice so that people hear the gospel and receive Jesus Christ as their Savior. That's who Paul was. In Philippians chapter 2, passage I'm sure many of us know very well, the Bible says, if there be therefore any consolation in Christ, any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Value and care for others more than you do your own self. So that you look not at every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Then he goes on to say, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. God has called us to be preachers of the gospel, and the only way we're going to do that and and really impact our world and make a difference is if we truly get over ourselves and look outside of ourselves and begin to care about the people that are in our life. As you look at Paul's life, he loved God and he loved people. He cared. And that caring caused him to go out and to make a difference. You know, we oftentimes justify that we're we're too busy in ministry, we're too busy, we're too busy in life. And I realized some time ago that if I'm too busy, to do what God has called me to do because I have this program and this activity and and this opportunity, that I'm putting the wrong things first in my life. Programs become the priority instead of people. We're going through the motions of what we believe church ought to be and what we ought to be doing in our life But we're not doing what God has called us to do, and that's ministering and investing in the lives of of people. And so caring, as Paul mentions here, means that we need to sacrifice ourselves and our own desires and our time and all the other aspects of our life. As we look at Paul's life, we see that he cared. And for sake of time, we'll see number five. In verse number 10, he says there, Yea, Ye are, excuse me, witnesses, and God also, how holily and justly and unblameably we behaved ourselves among you that believe. So Paul tells them, I've been faithful. And you know that when you look at my life. We were bold in preaching the gospel. 
And you know that when you examine our life. We were bold for our God and for the gospel of Jesus Christ. We lived to please God rather than than men. We were going to do whatever it took to live a life that was pleasing to Him. And we cared. And then our testimony was right. Paul says we were godly. Number five. When you look at my life, when you look at our lives, you see how holy and justly we be, behaved ourselves before you. Can, can I tell you this today? It does matter how you live your life. And, and I understand we've come to a culture today, even within uh, so-called Christianity, that, listen, you do what you want and do, live however you want and act however you want and have whatever attitude you want as long as you share the gospel with somebody. But Paul says, listen, when you examine our lives, one of the things that is very clear is that we lived appropriately before you. And Paul's going to tell them in chapter number four, he's going to say, listen, you, if you want to please God, if you want to, to live for God in your life, he's going to say, abstain from fornication. Don't be, a, don't be a part of sexual immorality or don't let it be a part of, of your life. Because how you live your life does matter in the scheme of things. And it matters if you truly want to make a difference. And so as we examine Paul's life before the Thessalonians, as he reiterated back to them, He doesn't talk about necessarily all the things he did and his great speech and his great abilities and the programs that he started. As he writes back defending himself and de defending his ministry and reminding this church of what he was able to accomplish or more importantly what God accomplished through him and through his friends that were with him. He says, remember... Remember who I am, the character of my life, because that's what made a difference. We were faithful and bold. We pleased God. Every aspect of our life showed that we cared. And then we lived rightly before you. Can I challenge you with this as we finish up here? Don't say, we'll do it tomorrow. We'll do it when we graduate. Because when you graduate, you'll make another excuse. We'll do it when we, after we get married. We'll do it after we have kids. We'll do it. I'll make these changes later in my life. God has called you and he's given you the responsibility to be preachers of the gospel. But more importantly, he's given you the privilege of ministering for him. And I'm all for programs. We have bus ministries and we have different youth groups and all those things in our church. But none of those matter If we're lazy, if we're timid, if we're trying to get the attention of men, if we're selfish, if we're living contrary to the word of God and our testimony is not right before the world. We live in a world that needs great change. 
We, need, we live in a world that needs each one of you, each one of us here, to make a difference that that change is going to happen. And that change is only going to happen through the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we will only truly make a difference if we can look at our lives and say, these are the traits that I have. And if not, these are the traits that I desire. Paul was faithful where God placed him. You know, some of you are going to go on and you're going to have large ministries in the eyes of men. Maybe you'll reach thousands of people. And if that's the case, be faithful. Some of you might reach 10 people. Pastor a small church or find yourself in a jungle somewhere or a small village. And if that's the case, be faithful. Boldly proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. And fulfill your responsibility and your wonderful privilege as a Christian.